You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, recently I had a conversation with one of my buddies. He's kind of a, a truck nut, a car nut, and he told me that Interstate Batteries makes, from a technical standpoint, some of the best car batteries on the market period hands down not only that but they have thousands of retail locations all over the united states so stop in to a local retail store ask the guy who works there about their car batteries and hell you might as well put one in if they're the best in the business so interstatebatteries.com is their website go there find out more information about the culture of the company the batteries that these guys carry or just stop into a, a local retail store interstate batteries outrageously dependable welcome to the land and legacy podcast we're your hosts adam keith and matt die this is your number one resource for all things land if you're interested in conservation habitat management hunting strategy and rural real estate this is the podcast for you <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to Land and Legs Podcast. Um, Adam's here. Matt is here. And uh, it's once again backyard, a backyard podcast. We're sitting here. Um, you can hear cicadas or locusts, whatever you want to call them. I call them cicadas. What do you guys call them? What do you cicadas. call them back in Virginia? Cicadas. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, and you're going to hear fireworks. It's July the 5th, and there's still a lot that have gone on pre show. Oh man, there's yeah. some right now. Yeah. A little I don't know if you can stuff. hear it, but. I mean,. Um, it, Last night in this town, and I know it's big uh, everywhere, but it was unbelievable from from eight thirty till eleven, eleven thirty. It was consistent. I heard one after midnight over here. Really? Yeah. It yeah. was twelve fifteen, and I was like, "Let freedom ring, baby." Was that gunshots <laughs> or fireworks? Still? Yeah. No. Yeah. It, they were absolutely singing, and it was pretty incredible. I I I've always been impressed. Um, I did. Well, I grew up in in Virginia where you couldn't, you had to have a specific license to be able to shoot off certain size fireworks. So it is, you know, very dinky stuff, heavily regulated, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, so like, and I lived out, you know, not really close to anybody, but now, you know, we're, we're right here pretty much town and there is no regulation. Yeah. Like everybody shoots fireworks. I saw it was, it was incredible. A map that, or it was like a map with stats, and it said that Missouri, Missouri sells and fires the most fireworks of any of all fifty states. A hundred percent. I don't know if that's it. true, but and I don't know if I've 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 witnessed them in Arkansas once, but I can tell you right now, I've never experienced anything like our hometown. No, or not our hometown, but where we live. I mean, it it it, it seriously, it's just incredible it's there's so much patriotism going up in the air it's 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 insane and i know it sounds super redneck but i i you know have that like recliner in the garage sometimes i'll work from if it's nice i just went opened up the garage drug that thing out to the front porch by the truck and just laid out and i was like because it's like i have a really good view out oh your wife was at work wasn't she yeah Yeah. so it's just me creepy dude yeah Yeah. creepy dude (laughs) All you can see is just silhouette, you know, the garage lights on. I'm just chilling in the recliner watching yeah. it cuz like every it was 360. Oh like, yeah. Just everywhere you looked and and uh, it's just incredible. I love Crazy. it. Crazy. Yeah. And and so you're going to hear my, that tonight. I, I you're going to hear the cicadas. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to capture the essence of summertime evening right like right what now. I think of as a kid, 
this is going to be the ambient sound that they hear behind us. Yeah, is, for you're sure. going to hear the cicadas. There's lightning bugs floating around. Could be some cows lowing in the background. Yep, and then the fireworks. Yep. If only this thing, this grill that we're sitting next to, was fired up and you could smell it through the podcast. I'm almost certain that it's probably almost out of propane after all the grilling I did yesterday. <laughs> so, yeah. I grilled three days in a row right now. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I'd Guilty. like to. Um, but it's kind of hard with the 18-month-old constantly yeah. trying to touch it yesterday. No, I Because if I'm outside, she wants to be outside. So, yeah, no, it was, uh, it's was. it been a really, really uh, fun 4th of July. Hopefully yeah, everybody had a safe experience and, and enjoyed some time together with their family or friends. Um, and I know we certainly enjoyed it, and we're still enjoying it. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, 4th of July also is kind of significant in the whitetail world because oh, it's yeah. like as soon as 4th of July hits, everybody's mind shifts, and it's like... It's like this is the... Time to get will, trail cameras yeah, out. Yeah, peak of peak of uh summer and then it turns over and everyone's like mine just kind of slowly starts to shift into the fall mode yeah and um i'm seeing i'm sure you're getting lots of pictures of deer getting sent like what do you think this thing's going to be how big look at this one here's my food plots starting to get you know questions about fall food plots already and it's you know middle of the summer so you mm-hmm. know that transformation and mindset is really starting to ramp up um, that reminder of getting out and shooting a fling of few, a few arrows too. Um, yeah, yeah. Need to do that. We're supposed to be doing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and speaking of which, that's a good reminder. So we're going to give a shout out for partner that makes this podcast possible. Stratton seed company. Um, as we're shifting now, it's July the 5th. This podcast will release on the 7th and, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are starting to plant in July. Oh, yeah. I saw some people on social media that are already planting stuff. Wow. Um, Tell me they lived up north. In Missouri. No, really? I saw it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like, whoa. Seed heads come October 1. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. yeah. And so okay. um, I think, what's that phrase? Chad told me, he, and we're going to try it this year. We're going to do some things weather dependent. You know, you can always make plans and they get changed. But wet or dry, end of July for brassicas, for turnips. Yeah, I've, I've and so, that. uh, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a big thing that's coming on. And we don't have them on the website yet. I still have them as a, out of stock, but probably the end of this week. So somewhere around s- July the, 11th i'm hoping yep. to have yep. the fall blends on our website shoplandandlegacy.com so you guys can get your hands on some revival some yep. legacy emerge bounty legacy hunter. bounty hunter cattleman's treasure yep um Lots and then we're going to be tweaking some things and experiment with a few because we're always doing that We've got some experimental ones out right now, actually. Yep. And uh, so we're going to be putting that on the website, and you guys can go to ghostratandseed.com to check out the food plot varieties that they have. And, um, you know, it's coming on. And, fellas, I'm telling you, the pricing and the quality of these seeds awesome. Um, you can have... The Legacy, which is a 12-species variety. Bounty Hunter, I think, which is five species six. or six. Yep. And Emerge, which is some awesome annual clovers and some 
um, cereal grains, and then also some revival, which is phenomenal perennial plot. Um, all really awesome priced. I would encourage you to check out our website or check out, I'm not sure if Stratton has the prices, but I know where our website does, has the prices, and I encourage you to price match and see the difference and compare and see who's got the best rates because I'd be shocked if Stratton doesn't. Well, you ready for yeah. this week's podcast? Absolutely. All things recreational real estate. Is on the table. That's right. Yeah, the other podcast did this week with um, Will Perry. Um, I think just sums up in a, in a great way ways in which we do help and wish to help more individuals like Will and his father find those pieces of property. And I think that um, as we talk there, that there there is a lot of benefit to having that third party kind of come in and just have the have the, I, I want to say foot sometimes on the brake pedal, just to be able to examine everything at a very close eye. Because yeah. oftentimes we can get ahead of ourselves and not think through the long-term process, benefits, disadvantages, all of it. Yep. And I, I think that's maybe not foot on the brake, but definitely not always mashed on the gas. Yeah, for sure. Because sometimes you can find yourself, and I almost hesitate to say it, but sometimes an agent may come across as a used car salesman where they're sure. just trying to sell you something. And no offense to used car salesmen out there, but that's just or, a metaphor or, or that everybody's heard. Or other agents. Or other agents. Yeah. But we sometimes want to make sure that we ourselves, as real estate agents, are still seeking the best at having the best interest for the buyer. 100%. And that is, I mean, in a lot of cases, this is the biggest investment that a person will make mm -hmm. in their life. Mm -hmm. And if there is too much emotion involved and they find themselves in a uh, situation where maybe their best interests aren't taken into consideration, yep. they may start off at that purchase behind the eight ball. Well, yeah, and and I think that representation um, is, is really important. So basically through this podcast, you're going to essentially, if you're unfamiliar, um, learn about basically how buying land works. And so what role does an agent play? We've gotten that several times. You know, why do I need a, a real estate agent? Why... What, what role do they play? How are they beneficial? Should I get one? Should I not? Should I just do this by myself? Um, but essentially, a real estate agent is there to represent your interest and communicate effectively um, on behalf of your interest in a certain piece of property or, or, or purchasing a property, finding one. They should be extremely knowledgeable of the area, of land in general. And I think that that's a large distinction between a lot of a lot of agents there's there's so many people out there who do many 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 transactions a year yep. like lots of transactions I and mean, they when it comes to selling a piece of land they get the job done yeah like and and, and kudos to them and that cuz that's that's a, I mean that's that's a huge part of it right but i think if you will what would separate our approach is that we can't you and I can't 
step away from or remove ourselves from first and foremost saying what are your goals how do how do how can we help you yeah and and i think that having that that if you will base of knowledge in land first then helps provide and and it's still balancing that with the experience and transactions and real estates help balance things out for rather sure rather than just let's say number of transactions being occurred absolutely yep and I, and I, let's share a quick story um because i think a lot of people deal with this and i know we didn't even talk about this pre-show but it, it stirred up a, a thought for me is um let's just use the example of a potential buyer looking yep. at a piece of property in a newly discovered CW chronic wasting disease zone in sure. in Missouri and um if you're not aware, you know, chronic wasting disease in, in white-tailed deer is is scary. And we don't talk about it a whole lot, um, but um, when it comes to real estate, it certainly should be considered. Sure. And not only does it not only does it play a, an important role, let's say, in, in some of the land value, but also the resource that you're buying the land for. Yep, absolutely. And so um, we had, it's happened tw- twice now in the last two months probably, where a buyer, multiple buyers, have came to us or talked to us um, about a possible purchase of a farm that is in a pretty good neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them in particular, to where um, whether it's whether it's state ground or highly managed ground, you know, in and around. Yep, and. Um, it's kind of in a new area with CWD. Uh, it's not one of the areas initially in, in Missouri that's had it for years and uh, several years, and there's been a lot of um, conservation department involvement in those areas. This is kind of newly discovered, um, only in the last two years, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, these buyers are really interested in the farms. And through the conversations with us, it was kind of kaput. Well, like... And, but you got to compare that to the conversations with the other agents. It yep. was, it was, I would, and I'm, you know, we're not putting anybody down here at all, but it's still a well-rounded full story. Understanding the history of a region in a, and of an area is there were pros about those certain pieces of property Yep. based on, again, most likely that the proximity to other pieces of property. Um, however, that was the story that was told and and um, highlighted and marketed when those properties were then listed and then discussed and brought to those potential buyers. But upon further review, we find that, hey, what was not mentioned or what was not told is that there is a high prevalence of CWD, CWD in in those immediate areas, not yep. not just you know county, um, not that it would just affect you in you know in checking in you know deer and, and we're talking and, and in I, a bullseye and it, certainly and I think what you should consider is um, or what these potential buyers should consider is if you're buying it for strictly recreational whitetail deer mainly, then you have to consider Missouri Department of Conservation's plan of attack yeah. when a positive deer comes in or is tested positive then they draw a five mile radius around that and typically do targeted culling which can be 
you know, we're not even going to don't even don't even write the, write us emails because I don't even <laughs> want to discuss it because it's such a debated topic. But but yeah, targeted I mean, culling, they'll shoot a hundred. You typically try to shoot for a hundred deer or more and test all those deer. If they test several positives, then they go and shoot more deer and mm-hmm. cover a bigger area, and therefore. Um, you can drastically lower the deer population in those little areas. Yeah, yeah, and and that you know we're not we're not at all shining a bad light on that because th- those that's necessary techniques to be able to understand the the prevalence rate of a given area. We're we're simply just saying that if you're a buyer, you're like especially from out of state, you're likely unaware of those methods that need to be taken and are taken by the state in that specific region so so all this to say a real estate agent should represent you and your interests fully yeah first and foremost there is a what's the term fiduciary responsibility to do that and that means that is representing again your your interest of enjoyment but also from a financial standpoint too Absolutely. I feel like from a residential standpoint, if your agent finds out something about the house that is problematic, they should tell you about that. They should disclose. It's it's part of it. Yeah. And if you're part of a, a land transaction and you know of something problematic, you should transfer that information on to your buyer. Full disclosure. Yeah. You wouldn't You wouldn't want to... Sell a place without disclosing information, and you wouldn't want to purchase a place without disclosing information. Yep, I mean, absolutely. That's just, it's just fair transactions. So therefore, that whole transaction, no purchase, no money, no no payout. Like, and so if you want to explain a little bit about how a real estate agent gets paid, yeah, yeah, totally. So, so in in ninety nine percent of cases, a real estate agent does not get paid. Until a property closes, so yes. so you you may be looking for a property. You're a buyer, let's say, and you have inquired about a property. You you want to see it. You set up a schedule um, to to go and tour the property. You, let's say you want to work with that agent who's got it listed. Um, you go see the property. You realize, ah, eh, nope, not this one. No money, no transaction. They didn't get paid. Then yep. you say, hey, well, what about the rest of them? Or what else do you have to show me? The next day, you go and you set up five different more farms. You look at all of them. You're back and forth between two of them. Still, no money exchanged, yeah. right? He's not paid for or she's not paid for their services or time. Then finally, a month later, you find one more. Br- pops up on the market. You schedule a showing. You go see it. You put an offer in. You lost it. You, someone else beat you to the punch or put in a better offer. Two more months go by. You see a couple of properties. You email. You ask questions. Finally, another one that's like piques your interest. Interest. You say, I want to see that one tomorrow morning. Clear your schedule. It looks right. Yeah. You clear your schedule or the agent clears your schedule. You go show them. Yep, that's the one. You put in an offer. Maybe at most 30 days from that point where where that property then closes. Yep. And that's after working the deal, working back and forth, lots of paperwork, after yep. setting up potentially uh, surveys, setting up um, um, 
review of the, the property, the home. So it might be inspections, yep. um, you know, going back and forth with the closing company, making sure everything's moving forward. Um, there's a lot that happens, but but we just went through four or five months of time that that agent was working for you, but it wasn't until that property closed that a commission was paid out and they then got paid. Oh, so, yeah. So, you know, it, this this can happen, you know, I, and I think you're probably in the same boat. You know, there's that, there's there's that's property. a pretty good scenario you just you just laid out. Like oh yeah, that that was yeah, still pretty. I, nice. I'll lay out another scenario. <laughs> well, I'll, before I'll, you do that, okay. real quick, I'm just say I've been working with with some people for over two years now, and and just whether it's you know we're, they're they're on the East Coast and they're planning to move out to the Midwest, um, but they're still back and forth communication every 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 couple months and, and and exchanging. Hey, what's new in the market? Well, here's some more properties that came up, or um, you know what's your current job situation? You know the the wife is looking to move out here, so you know balancing all that back and forth, just trying to find a job so then they can buy a place and move. But like you're working that network as an agent. And over a two-year period, there still has not been a, 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 any money gained from that yep. work. Yep. You don't, you don't get paid as a land agent until something closes. Yeah. If, if, if it closes, something closes. So that other picture that you just, you, you painted a picture that the a, agent a, a ended typical. up getting. Yeah. Use another one and say you do that for several months, mm-hmm. and then. The buyer ends up seeing a property, a property pop up on some website, and they get excited. jump the gun. Emotional. They, they get excited and they call the uh, they call the the listing agent. And they're like, "Hey, I, I just saw this property pop up. Is it still available?" And they end up like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Yeah, come on, I'll, I'll show it to you tomorrow." Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you haven't heard from him in a little while, and you're like, "Ah, oh, you know what? I'm gonna call him, see, make sure they're okay. Call him," and they're like. Yeah, we just went under contract with another. And so that guy, that agent did all that work to help you mm-hmm. find it and then you jumped the gun. That's that's something that I probably speak for a lot of agents when I say that really sucks. Oh yeah. Like there there's so many people right now probably driving down the road and they're just clapping their hands like, "Yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me." It's, it it yeah. happens. Like in in like in that's life, right? I mean, yeah. it happens. But it's important though to talk about how real estate does work because if you do own land at some point, you're going to have to go through the process of either purchasing or inheriting, working with title companies, working with attorneys, working with lawyers, you know, all these different things and scenarios. But it, it you know, most, most land that is bought and sold, especially recreational land, I'd say, more more or less than like some farm ground that's that's a lot of auctions or just hey you know this farmer's retiring he's selling and the neighbor purchases it yeah but but a lot of recreational land does go through and exchanged um, through real estate companies therefore agents are involved yeah so this Especially, is how it works yeah exactly exactly yep and I think so some people are like why do I need an agent if I want him to sell my land or if I'm trying to sell my land. And it's just basically the big thing is a marketing platform. Absolutely. That gives you nationwide or worldwide, all Exposure. over the internet, worldwide. Worldwide. Um, <laughs> what was it Joe Exotic on Tiger King said? It's on the internet, worldwide. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was thinking of the Step Brothers. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Prestige, Prestige worldwide. worldwide. <laughs> and so that's, that's one of the biggest things. And yeah. then they can help 
ensure that you're following all the legality um, of paperwork and contracts and everything to keep you from a possible lawsuit later on. Um, and so, yeah, you you want to stay if, if you're representing. If you flip the scenario, right? Yeah. But you know, well, let's maybe they're going to hear this podcast and they're going to sell their farm and want to come and find a place that we're going to describe later on sure, in this podcast. Sure. But um, let's say you're selling a piece of property. Yeah. Many many times, again, it's it's common that when you sell a piece of property, you have interest in selling. Always call your neighbors first. <laughs> Just a word to the wise. You never yeah. know. Um, Be cheaper that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and all those same land agents who were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a second ago, they're like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but true. Um, reach out to your land, uh, your neighbors first. But I, want, I don't know what the stats are right now. And I, I forget what they were. But I forget how many properties end up being sold to a neighbor. I, I don't it's know what that high, is, but it, 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 so. it is. It is pretty high. Yeah. Um, but but typically speaking, yes. If you're looking to sell your property, what you want is is good exposure, and you want protection from a land agent, a a valuable land agent who who has both experience and number of transactions, yeah. but also has experience in marketing. But to be able to market, first and foremost, you have to know what it is you're marketing. So you then, therefore, you have to be extremely knowledgeable or should be very knowledgeable on land. So yeah. so that person in that region needs to know what it is that they're selling to then be able to market it, write it up, um, take the right pictures, you know, provide that right description, and then have within their ability of or, or connections and network to be able to put it out there on the internet and it get eyeballs. It draw attention. Yeah. You want that property to therefore be exposed to draw in the buyers to bring a either fair market price or above market price for your property. Yeah. But you get what you pay for though at the same time. Mm-hmm. If if you are wanting a higher quality service then the seller, and this is where that that most times this happens, the seller is the one who is responsible for paying the commissions at the end of the sale, right? Yeah. So, like, once it closes, when they're doing all their settlement statements, and so who owes who what and this and that, that typically comes out of the seller. Yeah. So you need to be, if you want good representation, paying for it. Yeah, you get what you pay for. I mean, it's it's like any service, right? You yeah. could hire a plumber, and you get bids. You know, there's gonna be a guy that that comes in super low. There's gonna be a guy right in the middle. There's gonna be a guy on the high end. Yeah, it's your decision of what kind of service that you want. But at the end of the day, sure, it 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 could. And this is another scenario that we see all the time, though, is it could sell in, or you could get a contract in three days. You don't know. Or it could take three years. Yep. But you want someone who, regardless, is going to represent your interest and protect you and your liabilities throughout that transaction. I think that the, going back to like the scenarios, well, land agents, they don't do nothing to get paid, right? Yeah. Or it's like, oh, that property was on the market for three days. Well, it, it's not necessarily about the the time frame that it was on the market it was about how well they represented that property 
yeah. and what their network or helped you get the price correct to where yes. it didn't hit the market too high and got overlooked. Oh yeah. I mean, that's it's, probably one of the biggest things that we see is overpriced land. Oh, where it's yeah. like, okay, that sure you got it listed, but it's way too high. I and, and like and I say this probably too much when working with people in real estate, but it's like, listen, Every buyer wants to buy at the lowest they can, and every seller wants to sell at the highest they can. That's just the way it works, and I don't fault either one for either feeling. Yeah, They just want that. But again, with that transactional experience and experience of the neighborhood and what it is that you're selling, that piece of property as an individual, you do need to price it right because people can totally scroll on by. But that relationship, that honest back and forth between the listing agent and the seller it has to be there. If not, you know, someone's going to say, well, he just wants to price it high and he's overvaluing land. Then it's not worth the agent's time. And, you know, he thinks he's sitting on a gold mine where in reality that land agent says, man, your your farm's worth this. I know based on market experience um, it's going to bring this or it's going to fall within this range because yeah. that's, what, that's what our research tells us. Sometimes you can't, you can't tell them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... You know, commissions are a funny thing. And, and, and wherever you go, you know, in, in the country, every state, every region has different, like, commissions. Oh, yeah. Relatively based on, on the land value itself. Um, but service-wise, um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't – I think what's fair for your market and fair for your region is, is fair. Like it, it just it, the price is what the price is. But a lot of times, land agents again they sell a property quick, and they're like, "Oh, well, you made that much money, man! You didn't work hard." Yeah, it's not quite like that. Yeah, I say and kudos for you for selling it quick. If if you did yeah. your job, because I know man, there were six others that you had to work your tail off, <laughs> and you didn't make enough money to really cover it. Right, right. Yeah, you know, and 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 land values and and property acreages, all that dictates obviously commission things like that. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, everyone's got the opportunity to sell land for sure. So let's talk a little bit more about how, as land consultants, yes, but we're also real estate agents. And so how can we help our listeners, our clients, and our future clients find the right piece of property to ensure they're headed in the right direction for, once again, I mean, it's turning into saying it every week. How can we reach our goals with the least amount of money in the quickest amount of time possible? Yeah, I I think think, think the the best way... (laughs) is go to the real estate consulting tab and send us an email. Yeah. We want to be able to like there's there's I don't I don't know if there's any more enjoyment um I'm saying this personally and I, I think that you probably agree but is when someone who has hired us in the past has like those those successes like yeah. when they share it with you and they're like Man, look at what happened. Man, man, this is on. This is awesome. In the fall, October, November, December, I'm just I'm waiting for those texts to roll in from from successful hunts and and observations, whatever it may be. But that t- all of that typically takes time to mature. A property yeah. just you know sometimes it, you know it it needs developing. It needs years for that to happen. Yeah. But 
we can help expedite that is what we're saying, either yep. through consulting or just purchasing the right piece of property. And I think, you know, in, a, in the other podcast this week, you, know, you hear about it as well, but there, we can't not look at a property and, and, and provide an honest evaluation of it. Like it's, it's like to a fault We're we're, we probably, well, I know, I know we could have sold thousands of acres of land more than what we have. Yeah. If we just were in it for the commission. Making a sell. Yeah. And we, yeah. We, we steered people off of very nice, large farms and I they feel a little up. bit like uh, if you've ever seen Andy Griffith, where they're trying to they're trying to sell sell their house. Yeah, and I'm going way back here, but they're trying to sell their house, and the little boy comes down, and he's like, "Oh yeah, the basement leaks every time it rains. We were just <laughs> down there sailing or in the boat or whatever." Yeah, and yeah. you can see the dad like, "Shut up, <laughs> trying to sell it." Yeah, yeah. And then Opie tries to sell his bike, and his dad's like, oh, did you tell him the chain slips or you have to rewire the chain? And he's like, Dad, chill, man. I'm trying to make the sale. Yeah. And I feel like that would be our wives on some of the, like, you know, they understand our our what our goal is yeah. and how we're coming. But sometimes I'm sure if it's like we like the CWD story, it's like, yeah. dude, trying to pay the bills, <laughs> make the sale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I just... There's like the first and foremost kind of thing with, let's say, an interaction with Land Legacy or, or that service because, you know, real estate is is a separate business from Land and Legacy. Yeah. But you still have the same folks who are working there, right? So yeah. it's like first and foremost, I, I mean, I want to help. I want to yeah. help. So I don't, I don't want to just come at it like. Yes, of course, I want to represent you and your interest and and um, find you that right place. But if it's not the right place, I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Um, and, and and no, I'm not going to spend your money for you, but I'm going to give you an honest valuation to say, hey, you can buy whatever you want, but this property, you're going to see this occur, yeah. or this has occurred in the past, or they, you know, they. With recreational land, people come to us and they're like, "I really just want a good hunting property. I want to have a couple good good deer to hunt." And it's like, "This isn't the property. Yeah, you've got a lot of work to do. This is a pass through property. There's no whatever. There's no good bedding. There's no good food. You got a lot of work. You're gonna have to put in food plots. You're gonna have to put in a bunch of young forest. Here. Yep. You know, there's a lot of work, and I don't know if you're ready for it. Or or, or it's well, you told me your timeline for accomplishing that was, you know. Two years, two seasons. You wanted to be seeing that. You wanted to be observing yeah. that. This one, it's it's gonna it's gonna be you know six to eight years down the road that I could cons- I would feel comfortable saying you can experience what it is you want to experience it here. Yeah, and and that's up for you to say. Okay, well I'm gonna take that project on or or no. Yeah, but oh, you said it earlier. It's like there's probably the most joy we get out of the business that we're in is not our own success, but the right. success of our clients. And so, you know, here's an email that came through this week that was not even from a client, just a listener. Right. Yeah. Just like the people listening now, he said, and I'll read it pretty quickly, just want to tell us how much he appreciates podcasts. I'm paraphrasing here. I have 147 acres in south central Mississippi. We've had no turkeys on our property since 2005, or we had no properties on our, uh, no turkeys on our property since 2005. 
that's when Hurricane Katrina hit. They lost a lot of their timber. A lot of their woods were taken over by Chinese privet. Um, they started cleaning things up and killing uh, warm season grasses like bahia grass in the openings. So they're trying to get rid of that turfy grass. They're doing grass. a lot of great things. Yep. And that, that hurricane, although devastated the forest, you know what it turned it into. Yes. Um, there wasn't so just Chinese privet to come back. There was tons of stuff. And if they got rid of the privet... Um, they had a lot of sunlight. Yep. And then they said after three years... They now have a huntable population of turkeys. Um, they killed their first one this year, and it was the first one killed since 2004. Um, they also took our advice on quail habitats, really keying in on Frank mm-hmm. and Kyle's advice. And uh, they have an old field that they've been working on, and uh, they had never seen quail, but now it surprises him when they don't see the quail. Um, and this is in South Central Mississippi. Mm-hmm. How crazy, how awesome, how wonderful is this? Um, he said he just wanted to let us know that almost everything he's learned comes from our podcast and keep up the good work. It's like emails like that make my week oh, when yeah. I see stuff like that oh, because yeah. it's like, man, that is awesome. And then you've got clients that um, – talking to a client uh, yesterday and actually texted me today. He's moving a redneck blind around on his place and he's mm-hmm. asking for some advice and sending me updates. And they took over, they had a whole field taken over the kudzu. They sprayed it out. They got rid of the kudzu and they didn't have turkeys on their place. And now they're on a regular basis. Wow. Turkeys there this spring. Love it's it. like, man, so much, so much good there, comes from that Yeah. for us as well as them. And then at the same time, that goes back to the real estate where it's like, we want our clients to be successful. We don't want them to buy a piece of ground that doesn't fit their goals. Correct. And if they buy a piece of ground that's like they're really wanting quail, they bought a forest. Right. Most of us know that it's probably not a good place to buy if we're Certainly. looking for quail. Certainly. And so it's like I'm not going to go buy a timber place to go hunt waterfowl. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I, I, I like. Yeah. But and I and I know that that's obviously a very drastic. Um, you know, comparison or illustration, but at the same time, we can see and observe through through on-site visits, as well as through um, looking at property photos and aerials and knowing a region. We're likely able to determine, okay, yeah, well, this property is going to have this conflict. Okay, you're dealing you're dealing with an area when I backdated this one that, you know, man, this thing was logged 20 years ago and, you know, there's not likely going to be any marketable timber on the place. So, you know, this is a lot of chainsaw work. This is not like you can reduce the canopy and, and have marketable timber, although the listing says marketable timber. I'm just going to tell you right now, it probably doesn't have it yep. <laughs> be, because of what <laughs> I'm seeing and because that yep. term is thrown out it's just extremely usely. I mean yep. loosely. I mean yep. it's 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 no different from any old recreational property. And I, and I and I want people to listen up kind of closely and 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 think about this. When you go to look at recreational properties, and I shouldn't even say recreational property. When you go and look at properties, all of them are are worded in a way that all of them are abundant wildlife. All of them have big bucks. This isn't a big buck area. This has got 
in you know enormous I mean enormous amounts of, of wildlife, great habitat, but but all of them say that. Yeah. Like what do you it's, it's so uh, diluted. It's way diluted. Yeah. And it's, and and you're sitting in a pool, uh, a cesspool of properties that you you can't through a description and through honest marketing determine what's good and what's not. And yep. I get it that that you know that listing agent wants to sell the property, but it needs to be represented accurately. Oh yeah. And and I think that Hem- over time it, it's honestly it's gotten away from 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 people um it's fake news. <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, I don't. I, I'm. I'm trying to go a different way, but I mean, essentially, that's what it is. It, it's misrepresenting. There we go. It's misrepresenting the property and the qualities that that property currently has. Now, I get it. There's potential in every property. We we see that everywhere we go. But it's going to take either more money or more time. But that's what's not discussed, and I think yeah. that's what that's the that's the important part of it is. Again, what are your goals? What are we dealing with here? Okay, it, it, I know that it says that it's a big buck killing machine, but but it's likely not in its current state. Or I'm going <laughs> to look at it and say it's it's not, but it can be. But what does that what does it mean? Like what can it what, what can it be? Like how do you how do you estimate yeah. time? How how do you estimate the resources? Because all of them say again, this is the best property since sliced bread. Yeah. But they can't all be that. My question is this. Whenever I see those, okay, and and you'll see this so so much. Okay, there's going to be trail cam pictures of nice deer. There's going to be food plots with tower stands, box blinds around it. There's going to talk about hunter. There might even be successful hunting photos. Sure. In the hero photos, but then it's like makes it sound like this is the best property in this in this state. Mm-hmm. Why are they selling if it is? Yeah, you know? I mean, there, there's a and, lot of extenuating and, circumstances. And so, but still. if you can ask for disclosure on why they're selling, and it may be family matters, sure, whatever. Kids but if it's just like, oh, they just are tired of it. Well, if it's so wonderful, why are they selling? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And and you just see that all the time. And we did a whole podcast. What was it? Ten ten red flags of real estate listings yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so we've touched on this a little bit more. If you want to hear more of that, go to that podcast. That's going way back. That was mm-hmm. like two years ago. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just uh, it's frustrating. I mean, we don't want nothing more than successful clients. Yeah. And that has cost us money in the past. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you got to sleep at night. Oh, yeah. And yeah. at the same time, like you want them. I want to read those emails, those texts, have those phone calls where it's been successful. And, you know, going into the real estate and, and how we can help, we're listed in Missouri as real estate agents. But that doesn't mean if you're looking for a Kansas property or an Oklahoma property or an Illinois property that we can't help you. Yeah. Uh, or even a Mississippi property. We can always assist you in finding the right property and find we have a long list of agents that we've worked with or friends of ours. They're not even in our brokerage. Oh, yeah. They're all from xyz brokerage we've got them all like we're friends with these people or our clients know these people we can help find a trustworthy honest agent for your area and still assist in the process of buying yes. and making sure you're buying the right property if it's not in our in, in in the state of missouri we can still assist 
Yes. And I will be 100% Whether it's buying or selling. Yeah, definitely. And we've helped on both sides. We've helped, um, you know, people people sell and, and, you know, market that property the way that it should be marketed or, or help represent that property. Talk about the features. Talk about the resources. Talk about the experiences, the recreational potential um, of said properties because we've worked them. We're knowledgeable of them. And... Um, you know, I, I, I want to be 100% clear that, yeah, h- how do we get paid as real estate agents, even if we work with you, is is when a property is sold through a referral, if it's out of the state of Missouri, but, but 100% what still comes in first and foremost is your your success on that piece of property. Absolutely. And, and um, well, you, you heard it from the Perry's. Man, we, we looked at 20, 30, 40 different properties online, back and forth through emails, communication, um, and, and, and Brenton and his, and his group of folks up in uh, northwest Iowa. You know, we, we worked, um, looked at property in Nebraska, looked at property in Kansas and in and, and western Iowa until the right one was found. And, and when it was found, it was just like that, boot we we got to move on this thing. Like, this is it. This is the yeah. one we've been looking for, um, you know, work the deal. And that thing, that thing closed and they're in the process of rehabbing it. Um, doing a lot of work. We'll, we'll, we'll get with them here in a little bit and provide that, uh, that story on the transformation where they're at with it. But, you know, Burr Oaks Bluff Farm, man, I, I'm pumped for the fact that at, at some point in the next couple of years, we're going to help someone else become the owner of that property. And when it's yeah. said and done, that joker's going to be nice. Like, like that property. The work is pretty well done. Yeah. They're just in maintenance mode. And, and, and that's a huge, that's a huge opportunity uh, for people with, with busy lives. But, but when you, for, for us, if you will, man, it's, it's fun because we helped, we helped the group purchase the place where we developed the management plan, they're actively putting it in place. We're getting updates all the time from them, and and now we're gonna see someone else. We're gonna see that property exchange hands again and get in to ownership. Someone who's just gonna say, "Wow, look at these views! Wow, look at these plant communities that are coming back!" Like I I've, I've not seen this in in this region because stuff that's happening on the place right now doesn't like it, it's pretty rare yeah. in, in that region. Um, and, and and then just the overall quality and, and recreational experiences, like that that's gonna be passed on to someone else for sure. And I think that that, if you will, we we talk land so 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 much on this podcast and habitat. But but the real estate side of things brings in that second name, second word to our name, if you will, like the legacy, the potential that you have to do that. I think again the Perrys were, were a great example of that. Like, they want the memories between Will and his dad, yeah. and their next generations to occur. Like, that's that's special. Yeah, and I think I guess the question for ourselves ask it is it is it for the wildlife or is it for the 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 experience of the client? And I think we'd probably both say I'll probably I'll speak for myself, and you can agree or disagree, but. What we do and why it is so exciting and so 
soul fulfilling is mm-hmm. to help people restore their landscape to where they get enjoyment every time they go out there, not be frustrated every time they go out there. Yeah. So sometimes it's change their perspective, change their focus, change their enjoyment level, or overall just help them reach their goals of what they're trying to achieve, whether that be trophy deer or more wildlife or more family recreational activities that can occur that maybe their wife enjoys more than hunting. Um, just trying to find what it is that makes it special to where when they go there, they can feel refreshed, they can feel um, completely restored and find the creator, God, in their piece of ground to where when they step out there, it's like, talk to me. Like, oh, yeah. I, I'm just going to find God here. I'm going to find uh, that piece that I need uh, that, I'm, that I'm looking for. And, and I think that that ultimately is, is um, first and foremost from the experience that we that we want to help provide people but the byproducts of that is not only conservation is not only improving wildlife habitat and improving the quality of the wild wildlife that exists there um diversifying the property improving you know air soil water all of that like all that mixed in and then creating lasting memories for people to either pass on to new owners or to their family members to yeah. continue to enjoy that piece of property. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. And speaking of which, that kind of transfers us into another part of this podcast about um, land ownership and the ability uh, for us to help and just throwing out ideas or in kind of talking real world timely stuff because Unless you're living under a rock, you're pretty aware of situations of things that are going on in the city. And there's this new push where people are trying to find pieces of ground where they can feel more self-sustaining. Yeah, um, where yeah. they can find feel like they can hold their own on, whether it be through gardening or farming or... Raising some livestock. Well, or well, hunting or a combination of all three together. Two, two weeks ago or a week ago, had a phone call with a um, client. It, this was his exact story. And he's yeah. like, I kind of want to do like four or five beef cattle on the place. Could I do that? Could I, could I somehow rotate that into um, some like food plot regime stuff and then, and then take some acres out of food plots but just do like a wildlife-friendly... Um, paddock and just like you know buy four or five at you know 400 pounds or so and and raise them butcher them at seven eight hundred and i said yeah absolutely you could do that but that's the mindset people are having yeah of get me out of here yeah and then and and, and, and not only property. that but businesses are becoming more aware that hey art maybe we don't need a storefront maybe our employees yeah. can work from home and so employees are finding ways to, through Zoom meetings and various things, mm-hmm. to work from home. And so they're like, I don't necessarily have to live in the city anymore. And, you know, we're going to say this because it, there's so much that we see. And, and we did the podcast, You Can Grow a Big Buck Anywhere, Big Bucks Anywhere, or something like that. And this is where places like where we live in the Ozarks are really, we're like, man, we're kind of sitting here going, People should be aware of what's happening here. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. We have relatively cheap land compared to a lot Compa- of places. Oh, man. By, yeah, like, by, by far. Yeah. 1000 bucks an acre, 2200 bucks an acre if it's got pasture, a good pasture. And 
it's like, man, there's some really affordable ground compared to northern Missouri, Iowa, crop country. Uh, you know, Oklahoma's got some decent land prices as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And um, all that being said, it's like, okay, oh, you oh. could buy a pretty decent chunk of ground or even buy a nice smaller piece of ground in the Ozarks or some of these places in the country where land's relatively cheap and have your cows, have your chickens, have your hunting. And have your lakes. We got a crap ton of lakes around here, too, if you like fishing. Yeah, so I guess this is our, uh, you know, a little bit of a pitch for the Ozarks for you guys of going, we've got tons of lakes. We've got clear, clear streams. Yeah. We've got great trout meat. fishing, bass fishing, all pretty much all the types of fishing. We got hard gobbling turkeys. Man. I we even still got some. Uh, we even still have some remnant quail populations. Yeah. In some places, the quail populations are great. Yeah. Um, we have really good hot spots of really good deer hunting. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. That's this where we help so much is, like, we know how to manage the Ozarks. And, like, our friend Seth Harker. Man, that guy. Kill there's him. a lot of people in northern Missouri that would would envy that man. Would be jealous of every time he goes and checks that trail. We got him. two bucks. Two buck tags. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Over-the-counter license. Yeah. Cheap, too. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And we're going to have a bear season here in the Ozarks. Yep. Uh, we already have an elk season. I saw I didn't get drawn. <laughs> One, uh, there was five tags out of almost 20,000 applicants. Well, good. They raised some money. Yeah, they good did. Deal. Ten bucks a pop. It was like almost $200,000. I saw that. Sweet. Um, so, going to have bears. Got great deer in places. Can have really good deer if you know how to manage it. And that's what we keep saying. And then the one thing uh, one thing that I think a lot of people just jaw drop every time I tell them is our taxes, especially in the county that we hunt Oh, a I lot. didn't even know that there were taxes. They're so cheap. <laughs> so one it's property silly. that we hunt is a couple hundred acres, and the price per acre is less than a dollar. It's less than a dollar per taxes. acre of annual taxes. So it's like... Let's just say 400 acres, and it's somewhere around $300 a year in taxes. Right. So, And that's with a, a smaller barn dominium on it, with electric and water and everything. Yeah, there's well, electric. Taxes are so cheap in the Ozarks. And that's just, you know, we've been wanting to say this, have this podcast to try to, you know, if if you're in a situation where you're, you're leasing land in Iowa, northern Missouri, yeah, there's a probably, let's just be honest, you'll probably have a better chance at just showing up and shooting a giant deer. Yeah. But if you're paying that 25 to 30 bucks an acre, you could buy a piece of ground, gain some, <laughs> really be in a position where you buy a piece of ground, you're you're gaining some, um, some uh, what's the word I'm Equity looking for? Equity Equity, yeah. And uh, you're, you have the ability to do what you want rather than be at the mercy of the person who actually owns the farm. And... Um, yeah. And land land value, and I know this varies obviously based on um, certainly the economy and and a lot of different factors in in each neighborhood. But I think that you can expect it to appreciate roughly four, five, six percent annually. So if you're in that idea of man, I want to, I'm already hunting, I'm already having, you know, lease fees, and I kind of like to see money grow. Um, maybe it's not the rate of obviously some, some of your other investments, but I can enjoy this investment at the same time 
land and cheaper land yeah. and in areas that aren't being I don't want to say overly hunted, but yeah. overly marketed as hunting land. Yeah, if you know how to manage it, you're going to have fun, you're going to have success, and it can totally be done. It's not northern Missouri. It's not Kansas. But yep. I I say that because it's <laughs> that property, those properties, let's say that region or the state regulations are more conducive out of the gate to the general yeah. wildlife. Or or deer. Let's white just let's deer, just let's yeah. just call it white tail. No deer. no gun season during the rut, or it's not even sure. got a rifle season, right? Uh, or you only get Draw one buck tag, buck tags, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But and then, but that doesn't mean that they don't exist. And if yeah. you're managing your property appropriately, like many of the people that we see who are very successful year in and year out in this region, even under again the rifle season, the over the counter tags. Two buck limit, still killing, yeah, chasing, harvesting, great deer every go, year. Go to our multiple. U- go to year. our YouTube channel and land and legacy on YouTube and scroll through the videos and find the one from October where I missed the buck we call donuts. And yeah. Tell me that deer's not a a dink, a big deer <laughs> anywhere in the country. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and 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 uh, they happen, they exist, and they can. And oftentimes, based on land value, and if there is monetary resource to be gained from the property, whether that is leasing some open pastures or it is harvesting timber, if there's good timber quality, you can make money yeah. throughout the process. I, I wish I wish we'd have five guys listen to this podcast, email us in and say, I was looking for ground and I'm ready to find a place. And the Ozarks did sound kind of nice. And we could put them right in our neighborhood because I know yeah. if they're listening to this podcast, they're like-minded. Yeah, sure. And, exactly. and that's one of the biggest issues that landowners have in the Ozarks is there's not a whole lot of people really managing for trophy deer because a lot of people didn't believe that you could grow trophy deer in the Ozarks. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. Let, let's let's be honest and evaluate some of the cons here at the same time. Is yeah, this land we're not we're not here in an extremely crop productive area. Yeah. Um, they're scattered in isolated pockets around bottom ground, things like that. Um, and generally speaking, yeah, m- there there's there's a, a still a higher uh, hunter density here, and and a lot of the land masses that are or the landowners who are doing um, these, these, I don't want to say advanced techniques, but taking their land ownership from a wildlife perspective more seriously, the large continuous tracks, um, don't, don't exist to, to a, a big extent here. They're, they're out there, but it's like, there's two landowners working together. There's a landowner over there. He just yeah. kills really big deer because he's got a thousand acres and or that, And take that acres. with a grain of salt, because if you're in Michigan... Our tracks of land are much bigger, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Delaware, yeah. and at the same time, even northern Missouri. There's sure. chunks in northern Missouri that aren't as big as you know. It really depends on the neighborhood. Like we have a family farm which is just under 300, yep. and then we've got another chunk that's just over, f- uh, just under 500, right next to it. Um, and so, it really depends on the neighborhood. But man, like, um, it's just a little bit broken up from the interest groups, let's say. I'm going to sell out every piece use. of ground right now, Matt. Oh, gosh. There's a lot more rocks. 
So our EHD breakouts aren't nearly as bad as Northern <laughs> Missouri and Southern Iowa. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. Um, but but here here is the other the other point. This is a whole other podcast. I think we, we've talked about this podcast um, topic in the past. But but it's okay. Can you grow a hundred and sixty inch deer down here? Oh, hundred percent. Got them. Like you can totally do it. But if you're evaluating if you will, the price of a property in southern Iowa compared to southern Missouri, 160 is still a great deer up there. Yeah. But you have opportunities of killing, you know, 180, 200-inch deer, whatever. Mm-hmm. But is it worth 2000 3000 more dollars per acre to get that? Or do you come in and buy here at thousand to fifteen hundred bucks an acre and grow it yeah which one's faster which one makes more sense you tell me yeah to me it's like when i hear some of the prices people say they're 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 paying for a lease it's just like every year that money's out the door you're not gaining equity it's just gone and it's like man you buy a piece of ground yeah you you probably don't show up and have monsters right away like you could have in northern Missouri. It's still sure, a, a want or a wish. But in southern Missouri, it's like you could legitimately start managing it, and there's a very good chance you're going to start seeing some changes pretty quick with, with the deer herd because of this podcast, of our help, of, of how to manage it and get there fast, um, much quicker than go out in northern Missouri and put out mineral and say, well, I hope they're going to show. Well, and, and here's the other thing. If you're if you're a non-resident landowner and you're looking to purchase property out of state for hunting, and I, and I don't, and I say this because I guess I feel this way, but a hundred and forty inch deer still does excite me. Like yeah. I I I'd still get jazzed up about having that Joker twenty yards broadside in November. Yeah, that would be fun. I'd love that opportunity. I would love the chance at that animal, and I think that if people were were honest with themselves and and evaluated land a little bit differently instead of saying I'm just going to go to Kansas or North Missouri, Illinois to go ahead and just just shoot that and and get over with. I mean, let's be honest. Again, if a 140-inch deer walks by up there, a lot of people are still coming back to full draw and shooting the deer. Yeah. So why not Save yourself a junk load of money per acre to purchase down here and have that same experience. 100%. And, and have, and I say this because there, in many in many regions, the response or the, the the native response, and you'll see this in videos coming out here in the next few weeks. But Adam, we spent the day Yikes. Friday yep. going around and and looking at what all had happened. Some incredible chainsaw work, incredible fire results, and the response that you get or can get if doing the right techniques on the right pieces of property appropriately. But from a wildlife standpoint, it's stupid. I, I mean, it's incredible. It honestly feels a little bit like, and I and I hope it doesn't come across this way. But then again, you know what? Maybe maybe it should. You kind of almost feel like you've. You got it figured out in the Ozarks. Like, 
land management in the Ozarks for us is like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this and this and this and this, and the wildlife are going to respond this way. And boom, it's like, it's really not that complicated. And I think one of the biggest issues that people face is overcomplicating things. Sure. And here in the Ozarks, like, it's pretty simple technique of do this and this and this, and this is how we're going to enjoy well, it. And, and it's, taking, it's, it's not taking any of the principles that you hear in the podcast um, and doing anything special necessarily with them. A, a, a managing principle is a managing principle, whether you're in Georgia, Pennsylvania. It's, it's just simply in different regions, you're getting a different response from the yep. plant communities. But here... Based on soil types, based on the climate, based on the the history of the land ecologically, we have a fantastic response. Oh, I mean, from a very you know a lot of different wildlife species can do, have done, will do great yep. here, and um, it's a little bit of a I don't I want to say well I mean it, that's essentially the whole podcast, but I mean it's like it is a secret. Because because no one's doing it, like yeah. No no one's taking that same, if you will, intensity that you might see in Illinois, you might see in Southern Iowa, yeah, and applying it here, yeah, where land is cheap, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That gummit, yeah, it's it, cheap, and it, and you can get again some fantastic responses, yeah, homegrown deer. And I don't know if you you know this. We spend a lot of time in Iowa. Oh yeah. And I love Southern Iowa, and I love Eastern Iowa. I love Western Iowa. There's but there's places in the world that are pretty lonely, <laughs> and that is one of them. And Southern oh, Missouri, yeah. like we live just right outside. There is everything in the world you'd want in Springfield. Like if if you oh, yeah. are looking for something, like I know so many of our clients and friends of ours, they struggle with the wife factor and kid oh, yeah. factor. Yeah. What can I? What is there for my wife and kids? Like, if I bring them to the cabin, can they run into town and go shopping? Right. Well, yeah, they can in Southern Missouri. Go or 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 have have a, have the house on the lakes. Yeah. And then the property, you just you just you know got a twenty minute drive to the property to hunt, but but you're always at the lake on the lake. Enjoy that thing three sixty five. Yeah. Don't just enjoy it during the fall and come down two or three times during um, the, the 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 growing season to help manage and. and you know, run show cameras, this and that. Like, make it, make it a vacation spot. Make it a destination, three sixty five opportunity for the whole family to enjoy. Because if you don't, you're underutilizing the area. Yeah. You know, there there is a lot. There's a lot to be done here. Um, oh yeah. And and uh, you know, it's it's not Iowa. It's not Kansas. It's Southern Missouri. Yeah. It's but by golly, those, it is still it's southern Missouri. It can be. Yeah. It's not near as cold. That's for sure. <laughs> that's true. It does get cold, but it's not near as cold hey, as those the, places. The on sun average. shines in the wintertime still. That's right. It doesn't <laughs> go away in November and show back uh, up in March. Right, right. Yeah. And you know, when it comes to the thing I love about the we get asked this question all the time. All right, you guys worked twenty eight states, you've been all over where the white tails white tails are at where would you buy ground and i'm always like home i like yeah. the ozarks because i can buy more ground in my lifetime i have a much better chance at buying a farm in the ozarks than 
than anywhere else that I'm aware of. Yeah. And I know this ground. I know how to manage it. I know how to get results so quickly um, and much faster than than other places. Plus, the climate is awesome. Minus the seed ticks, it's pretty stinking cool. I can fish. I yeah. can. I'm going to be able to hunt bears at some point in the future. There's still some quail. Um, like there are so many opportunities here in the Ozarks that are tough to find in a lot of places. I'll say. Shoot, if, even if, Matt moved out here from Virginia yeah, and stayed. I stayed. But it's like, if you don't do it, we're just going to do it. <laughs> yeah, here's your chance to get in with yeah, us. Get in when the getting's good. But there, there, is a lot, there is a lot of truth to that bec- just because I think of the um, um, the, the changes in some society things, some culture changes. I think that there's some, some uh, and I don't mean this in a, in a weird way, but some revolutions kind of happening from a, um, you know, just this, that sustainable side of it all. Uh, and I think that um, this area certainly lends itself to to those possibilities. But I mean, in general, this podcast is a, is different. I mean, it, it 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 is different from what you guys are probably used to hearing. Um, but I think at the same time, hopefully, it provides some insight. And, and no, we're not encouraging everyone to come and move to the Ozarks. But through that example, maybe you can look at your area different. Maybe maybe you can stay put and say, you know what? I'm gonna dig my heels in a little bit. And I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna give this area the attention, the energy that it needs because there's more here. It can offer more. I've got those same situations, guys. I, I've got, you know, those those same types of regulations and this and that. I'm dealing with the same stuff. Now, you can have good deer. You can have good experiences. It's just taking time to be diligent and figuring out what that region needs, what the wildlife need. So, I don't know. I, I hope that opens the eyes of, of people and how one real estate works. Yeah the do's and the don'ts, how we can assist, and then shine shine a little bit of light here in, in this region because it is yep. it is certainly overlooked. And you can you can think about it now or ten years and ten years from now when we really made it popular. Yeah. And you say, Well I should have bought in there early. Well those there goes those land values. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so um man, yeah, I, I just it would which, sure, which it would sure be nice fine. too to have a take all these podcast listeners and and get a quarter of them, an eighth of them, heck even ten of them, and bring them in our neighborhood and go. I got ten guys who are thinking like me. I know where you can really get somewhere now. Let's get serious, boys. Yeah, let's buckle up because have fun. Buckle up because the hunting shows are coming. because they did it to pike county they did it to southern iowa and they're looking for a new place now where are they at (laughs) looking to set in some heels there yeah Yeah. well no i mean and i think that this podcast is a very good precursor into what you're going to hear a little bit later in this month yep so be tuning back in because there's more coming we actually have some podcasts planned for <laughs> later. It wasn't just, hey, what are we talking about tonight? Oh, yeah. We've got some podcasts planned for um, basically later in the month to release that 
that we will come back to this subject in those podcasts and you'll be like, ah, that's what they're talking about. So be sure to uh, follow along then. But, man, I'm, I'm pretty much wrapped up if you're good. I'm good. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Shoot us an email. Get on uh, get on landandlegacy.tv. Go to the Real Estate Consulting tab. Shoot us an email if you're interested. Um, or message us on Facebook or social, uh, Instagram. And, uh, fellas, ladies, thanks for joining us once again. Yep. And uh, we'll catch you next week. We'll see you.